This is an ABC podcast. This is Baby Talk Podcast with Penny Johnston. Did you watch with wonder in hospital as your newborn baby got their hearing tested? How amazing is the technology that tests a tiny baby's hearing? And it picks up issues that would have gone unreported until they were much older. But what about subsequent hearing loss? Would you be able to recognise if your baby's hearing was developing normally? Because of the accuracy of that newborn screening, the ongoing tests at maternal child health centres and early school screenings are not automatic anymore. Certainly you can ask for your child to be tested, but you need to know that something might be wrong in the first place. But how do you know? What if you suspect that there might be something wrong? Where do you turn? For Hearing Awareness Week, the Shepherd Centre has something called a listening check to let parents and caregivers check your child's functional listening. It's a simple test. It just involves asking a set of questions, but it will provide insight into how your child listens and whether or not they might be experiencing a form of hearing loss. And I would say there's so much that can be done and the outcomes are great. So yeah, I would really encourage people to go to their GP or health professional or just ask some questions. Alicia Davis is General Manager of Clinical Programs at the Shepherd Centre. Her experience of working with children with different forms of hearing loss goes back quite a few years. She's here to tell us about some of the simple ways you might be able to check your child's hearing and what can be done to help. Alicia, it's great to have you on Baby Talk. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Shepherd Centre and what it is you do? The Shepherd Centre is an early intervention centre, so we're a charity that we work with children with hearing loss and their families. Often when children are diagnosed with a hearing loss, which can happen sometimes even a few weeks after birth, families just don't know where to go and don't know how to get the help they need. So we work with them in listening and spoken language approach. So for families that choose spoken language for their little people and we help them get the right devices with Hearing Australia, which is a national body, and then we teach them how to speak. Well, actually, we teach the parents how to teach their children to speak because they're the best ones that are with them all the time. For a lot of people with a diagnosis in their family, they they might not have had any connection with somebody with hearing loss before. It is the most common thing that people who have a child with hearing loss have no experience of hearing loss previously, particularly in children. You know, we typically think of hearing loss in older people, but yeah, most often haven't had that experience, so don't know where to turn, don't know what the options are. So part of it's around making sure that they're making informed choices that are right for them and then helping them achieve what their goals for their child. Alicia, most parents would have had their baby's first hearing test in hospital and like me yeah. taken completely by surprise as the nurse wheels in a contraption straps on yep. some funny yep. looking headphones and <laughs> a red one and a blue one yeah yep. and apparently the sleeping baby's hearing is tested it is yeah so the technology is amazing now that we can do that so it's um it looks for a response at the brainstem to see if it's picking up responses to sound at that level and it tests it in both ears so yeah incredibly quick incredibly good to be able to be able to do that so quickly at such an early age. When are the other milestones that are officially tested with hearing? 
Yeah, so unfortunately this newborn screening is the only one. So there used to be some programs in different states, but with the introduction of newborn screening, which no doubt has been fantastic, we don't have routine screenings at preschool or at school. So what happens is um, we know that for every child born with a hearing loss, there's another two that get hearing loss later on in their childhood. So we rely on teachers and educators and parents and caregivers to pick that up and then to seek help and do something about it but we don't know how long that little person has gone without access to sound. So that's the idea of just being aware for those listening challenges and being on top of it as soon as possible. Now, this is where it gets a bit scary because if anyone has had a child who's had an issue that's taken ages to pick up, you know that children right. are very good at adapting. I mean, that's they're, they're born into the world and they don't know any other way of doing it. And so I yep. imagine they bluff their they're way so through good. this. They're so good because often they're picking up sounds, but maybe not all of the sounds. So typically we'll get children that have severe or profound hearing losses pretty quickly. But if they've got a mild hearing loss or just or hearing loss in one ear, you know, they're still getting a lot. So what we find is that they get through, but they might have behavioural difficulties or they just might not, like the teachers might say, oh, their just attention's not very good or they just don't focus in class. But actually they're missing so much of that sound around them, particularly in noisy places. So you find them looking at your face a lot to get all the cues they can and even not being involved as much in conversations with their friends or their little people because they're just not hearing as well. Wow and I guess there's all this trickle-down effect that must go on in their lives that you know manifests in a heap of different ways. Yeah, so I've been in the field for about 20 years now and back in the day we were so focused on say the sounds, say the words, learn the sentences but now we see the important things are things like social skills and confidence and being able to use language and hear what's going on around you and, you know, impacts on friendships, impacts on academic possibilities, impacts on literacy, you know, that's where all the evidence is now, even on executive function and working memory and all that type of thing. Even just enjoying school, because if the only things that you hear is when you're being shouted at in a cross, loud, precise way, you're not going to have a lot of fun, are you? Totally. It's the hardest place to um, learn to listen and to get the curriculum in a classroom because it's noisy. Chances are the child's talking next to you. You're not looking at their face. Someone else is saying something from somewhere else. The teacher's far away. So when you have a hearing loss, that's hard to distinguish a voice amongst all the other noise. So, you know, we do find that children just aren't getting what they need to and then it impacts their speech, language, literacy and just all those knock-on effects. Oh, gosh. No, I'm just, I'm just even thinking if the only things you hear is when someone's really angry with you and speaking in a loud voice you're not getting all those those nice little oh good job Alex you did a really you know those aren't the things you tend to repeat in class but you know don't get out of your seat is something that you'll say 25 times loudly until the kid gets the message right and you say their name when you want to get their attention but if you're just saying oh nice job you know they'll miss that because they take a while to tune into it so you know the whole implication of what language they are getting we say language is caught so little people learn language by everything that's around them and if they're only hearing a certain type of language or a certain thing you know that has that has huge implications of course okay so we've outlined why it's a problem but what right. are parents how do parents scope that there's a problem and or how, how do they tell when they they should go for intervention 
Yeah, I so often get asked this because, you know, lots of children don't listen lots of the time. And like with selective listening, you know, there's things that children just don't pay attention to. My own children don't do it. But I think it's like the important piece is if you see a change, if you see them pulling out their ears, if you see they're really struggling in noisy places, if you notice they're saying what or pardon more, even if they're getting your face and they are, you know, pulling your face towards them so they can see your face to get cues, if they're not hearing from the other room, those are the type of cues that we want to be aware of and I always say you know if they're not hearing to things that they want then that's that's the thing you know if you're behind them saying do you want a chocolate ice cream normally the head will swing around but (laughs) if they're they're not getting those things then you think oh you know and I would say there's so much that can be done and the outcomes are great so yeah I would really encourage people to go to their GP or health professional or just ask some questions to see what can be done. What are some of the reasons why a child might lose their hearing? Yeah, there's lots of different reasons. So lots is genetic and, you know, we don't know all the genetic reasons yet. We haven't quite got, there's some great research going on, but there's more we don't know about that. And then there's other pieces. There's middle ear. So you might have heard of fluid in the ear when children get fluid that can impact hearing. There's viruses and diseases that children can get. There's there's a whole raft of things and there's some hearing loss that just is late onset that happens later. And we don't know why. If you are a little bit worried, I mean, how hard is it to track down somebody who can test a child's hearing? I seem to remember a test at the Infant Welfare Centre, but you're saying that they're not routine anymore? So it's not routine after they're born. So First Voice, which is actually a group of centres like us, have just done some research and it showed that 84% of parents didn't know where to turn if their child had a hearing loss or they were concerned. So that's part of this message with Hearing Awareness Week is helping them know where to go. So GPs, always the first bet. And if you aren't getting the answer that you want and still have concerned, really keep at it, I would say. There is some great places to get hearing tests done. There's some great organisations that we work with. Hearing Australia are a fantastic body who are now and there's yeah lots of lots of resources out there I would suggest to jump on the Shepherd Centre has a pile of links on resources and places to go that might be able to help you as well it seems to me there's there's an awful lot of hearing loss centres for adults around the place are they equipped to be able to test specifically for children as well or do you need to really find a paediatric expert Yeah, good question. You really do need to find a paediatric expert. So often they're targeted for adults and for good reason. You know, we want to make sure adults look after their hearing. But I would really recommend finding a specific paediatric audiologist that can test your child's hearing. Then again, if you do discover that there is an issue, Mm. what are the next steps to take? Yeah, so the next steps definitely, and they will hopefully guide you, but the next steps really are is to find out, it depends on the level and the type of hearing loss as to the next things to do or the next the next steps in the process. But it might be looking at a device, so a hearing aid or a assistive technology device to help your child hear to the levels they need to. And then it also might be seeking out intervention. So services like the Shepherd Centre where they can teach you the specific strategies and they can teach your childcare centres and your teachers how to really help your child in the classroom because it is so hard for them and they do go unnoticed lots of the time. Parents don't love looking for problems for their child. Right. It can be anxious to find 
something, but there is hope. It's better earlier. Yeah, yeah. definitely. You know, the outcomes are fantastic. Um, children, you know, grow up talking with accents and uh, speaking like Peppa Pig and playing the violin and anything is possible. But I would say the earliest it happens, the um, the best chance there is, that whole early intervention message. So I know it can be um, nerve-wracking and anxious and, you know, do I do anything? I'll just wait. I'll just wait and see. You know, I really encourage people just, just get some advice or find out now so that we can get the things in place to support your little one. Online for the Shepherd Centre, you've actually got yep. a little interactive site yeah, that parents what, what will you find on there yeah so it's called the listening check so um, what it does is ask you a couple of questions and it's the type of listening skills that we would expect for a child of that age so you put in your child's date of birth and then it asks you um, a short number of questions and really it's just an indication if you should be worried or if it might be an idea to go and see a GP or a health professional about where your child's up to with their listening it's free and the idea is really just a quick check and to give you an idea of those type of things that we'd be expecting of a two three four five year old has that been online for a while no we've just launched it actually (laughs) Um, so as part of hearing awareness week this week and um, world hearing day um, really just raising that message about awareness the importance of listening that's what we do and we've seen it with for lots of years with the children so we really wanted a way that we could help parents out there know what they should be expecting and when to be concerned there's been so much development in education and practices for people whose own experience might have just been Auntie Bertha that's a bit hard of hearing with a whistling hearing aid. Things have moved on a lot since there. So much. Like the technology is amazing these days. The hearing aids and the cochlear implants as you were talking about. Kids have devices in the classroom that teachers can wear around their neck so they stream straight into the child's ear. I know Bluetooth devices can stream straight into different devices. So the technology is huge and it's come such a long way and it's not the big things that previously children have had to have or they've had to put up with so yeah there's been excellent advances there. Do you have any favourite stories of families that you've worked with? What was the big difference that coming and embracing a diagnosis and moving on with it what sort of differences it's made in a family's life? Yeah I think some of the most powerful stories come from parents and the children themselves who may not have wanted to seek out help or do something about their hearing loss because that's just how they've known it. So for a child I'm thinking with a unilateral hearing loss so hearing loss on one side you know they they do well but the getting a device or that extra hearing on the other side it's amazing to see the child's eyes light up and they talk about things that you know they didn't hear the rain on the roof or they didn't hear mum's heels or they didn't realize that they were missing out on those things and suddenly you know the parents are saying oh my gosh she's now ordering from the canteen because she was too scared to do it before and didn't have the confidence because of her hearing but now she's confident to go and order her own lunch at the canteen or she's confident to join the drama club so seeing children just realize their full potential that's there but just wasn't able to be accessed because of their hearing oh life-changing and I suppose that really sort of brings it home that if it is an incremental change or if it's something that's been with them for a long time you know they've learned to work around but it's not necessarily better totally totally I think we all know things that we just deal with because that's the way it is you know my eyes are a bit blurry and I've just dealt with it rather than going to get glasses but you know I really think for for children we need to give them the best chance at this and they need to be able to hear all the sounds to learn their literacy and spelling and all those things otherwise you know they're just not getting it as good as they could be. For people that would like to to seek out the Shepherd Centre and have a look at what you do and yeah how, how do we find you? 
Jump online, theshepherdcentre.org.au. So as I mentioned, we're part of First Voice. So typically around Australia and also in New Zealand and around the world, there's other centres. So we work in a listening and spoken language approach. So that's for families that choose that they want their child to hear and speak. There's other centres who work with children who develop sign language. So different modes of communication, depending on family context and choices. But they're all available online. I'd really encourage people just to call up, have a chat, have a talk to someone and see where you go from there. For the traditional deaf community who originally didn't have access to the technology and yeah. some, some families have chosen not to go with it. Can you sort of explain the difference? Yeah, it really very much comes down to an individual family and what's right for them with the language that a child should be brought up in. So whether it's a visual language, whether it's a spoken language, whether it's two spoken languages, whether it's a visual and a spoken language together. So we really encourage families to seek out the right option for them um, in terms of who's in their family, who's in their community, where they live, where they can receive services. So it's a bunch of factors that would make up that decision into which communication mode might be best appropriate for a family. Yeah, because there, you know, before the technology there was a, a very close-knit community of, of people that spoke with sign language and you know, didn't much like the idea of the, the hearing technology and, and they, yeah, it, it really developed as a very separate community, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And I think, you know, we have lots of different communities. I think it's come a lot closer and we're all working together in the sector because everyone wants the same thing is to support families and children and to make sure everyone has a communication option and, and to help that. So, yeah, it does come down to lots of those factors and and how we can work together to support what people want and need. And even just the support for captioning and the different accessibility options so that families can have different interpreters, whether it's for visual language or spoken languages or um, to support that, like particularly with online services for children with hearing loss, when school was all happening through Zoom, it's really hard for them to hear signals through a VC, a video conference, much harder than live voice. So that was a whole piece as well. And even with masks, because... Yeah, because people get so many cues from their face. So when someone's wearing a mask, it muffles the sound as well as you're hiding all the lip cues there. And in noisy places, people with hearing loss rely on that so much. So there's a whole bunch of challenges there. That is a really good point. And I have to say, you you are encouraging me to go and get my hearing tested because I know I'm really deaf in one ear. And I didn't really think it mattered that much. But I did notice that with wearing the masks, I'm like, what? What are you saying? What? What? (laughs) Say it again. And so that might be another cue for parents if they're noticing that their children are just weren't coping with the masks very well. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And we encourage parents to say, you know, can you please just take your mask down so that I can see your face or we can read your lips or, you know, and stay those distances away when it's challenging with masks. But masks do really muffle that sound a lot more than than the typical voice. So, uh, yeah, as you say, another indication that it might not be as easy. Yes. And also, it also makes you realise just how much you predict on what somebody's saying on the, their facial expressions and how much you may even just subconsciously be lip reading. Totally. And the number of times I think we've all not really understood every word someone said when they've got a mask on, but you kind of nod and smile and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's how it is, I think, a lot of the time. For I know in talking to deaf teenagers and, and children, they do, they do miss those sounds if they're not wearing their devices or if they you know, haven't got them on in class.
for Hearing Awareness Week. Is there a particular theme for the week? Yeah, really it is promoting hearing healthcare of all generations and how important that is. Obviously, I work with children, so really trying to get that message out there about ensuring children have the best access to sound and time to focus on that with World Hearing Day on Wednesday. Just encouraging to seek out and get help. And I think, you know, personally, I think listening is just as critical as height and weight and all the things that we track for little people because it's so dependent on what they what they can do later on. I suppose it's a bit political, but would you really like to see that? <laughs> infant welfare sisters come back and start <laughs> testing children? I'd, lo- I'd love a routine screening. You know, I've said it before, I know there's demands on education and health and so many worthy things, but to have a, a screening at some point later on so that we can pick children up before they get into the school system and minimise the impacts later on would be amazing. Alicia Davis, General Manager of Clinical Programs at the Shepherd Centre. Alicia reminds us that some of the signs to look out for is if your child's not responding to their name when they're called, have the TV really, really loud, although that can be pretty common with a lot of children. If they have difficulty focusing in crowded or noisy places like supermarkets, or maybe even if they are touching or pulling their ears all the time. If you start to suspect that your child's hearing is not quite as good as it could be, you might like to try that listening test. I'm sure the Shepherd Centre site might be a helpful first start and certainly give you some ideas of things you might want to discuss with your GP. You can find a link to the Shepherd Centre on the Baby Talk website where you'll find this interview again in a form that you could email to a friend. It's Baby Talk One Word and you can find it as part of the ABC website. Baby Talk is also on Facebook, on Instagram. You can find it as a weekly podcast on iTunes and of course on the ABC Listen app where we've got a huge range of podcasts on all different topics related to babies, pregnancy, conception, childbirth, gosh, everything, including last week's program where we found out some more about an online parenting coaching program aimed squarely at dads and funded by the marvellous fundraising organisation Movember. What we heard from the fathers was very positive, but it was also based on that, you know, I want to know that this works kind of fix-it mentality, which was very interesting. That was Mark Dads, and you can hear more about the Family Man program on last week's podcast. Don't forget, easy to find. Just search Baby Talk in iTunes or on the ABC Listen app. I'm Penny Johnston, and I'll see you next time on Baby Talk. ABC Baby Talk is a weekly podcast on ABC Radio, wherever you get your podcasts and on the ABC Listen app. Like us on Facebook to find out as soon as a new episode is ready. Just search for ABC Baby Talk. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.